welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree called Odd Numbers. Every other Monday, my guest and I choose some music to play, and we discuss the theme for the show. In this case, it's lyrics that stopped us in our tracks. I listen to a lot of music in the background, working, driving, cooking, juggling. It helps me concentrate. It occupies that part of my lizard brain so I can do whatever the task at hand is. If a lyric can pull me out of my reverie, it's special. A turn of phrase that feels like it was written just for me, it hits me hard, and that song ends up in my rotation forever. That's a theme for this episode, and I couldn't have a better guest than local musician and overall super guy, Mark with a C. Enjoy. Mark with a C on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was longtime listener, which is perfect for the show because I've been a longtime listener of Mark with a C. And Mark with a C is here today. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Nick. Thank you so much for coming back on the show for an episode of Odd Numbers. This is our second episode of Odd Numbers. So working out the kinks, and I couldn't think of someone better to work out kinks with. Than... I, I think I'm synonymous with kinks for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. for a lot of people. A lot of people. You've Thank seen you. my Facebook page. Like people are not shy about <laughs> what they think about me and in what positions. So, uh, well, thanks again for being here and talking about your positions on uh, songs. So we're going to be talking music. <laughs> nice, it makes nice sense. <laughs> it makes sense to bring you in to talk about music. So what we have today are five songs that we both picked. So we'll be playing DJ uh, to an extent. And then also five lyrics. So, you know, I'm always thinking about the lyrics that pop into your head at random times from songs. Um, the things that just hit you at that right time, that sort of bolt of lightning event in your life when it came to lyrics. Um, and that had that meaning to you. So I have five of them. You have five mm -hmm. that you brought. So we'll be talking about that a little bit. But longtime listener. Tell us about the song and what album it comes from and, uh, yeah, what's going on creatively for you this year? Sure. Um, to answer first about longtime listener is a very, uh, I'll give you the shortest answer I can about it. It's a three-minute song, but there's a lot going on in it. Um, ultimately, it's about, even if a performer may have a lot of stage presence, a lot of charisma, and seem to exude confidence on stage, uh, often we only remember the one person that didn't clap. And we're overcoming a lot of imposter syndrome. And I might be projecting. Maybe. Because it's definitely bit. me. Oh, no. That, no, but, that's uh, me. That, that feels that way about it. But I will remember that one person who was just like, eh, why are you even? And so I'm always fighting that. And um, it was time to immortalize it. Because I, I think that more people deal with it than not. And it's not just specific to artists or entertainers or people who do things in creative spaces. I think everybody at some point, unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath, goes to a job that you might be passionate about, but when you're passionate about it, then you start thinking, well, there must be someone better at it, someone more qualified, someone who deserves to be here more than me, and that's kind of long-time listener. Okay. And yeah, I agree, unless you're a psychopath or sociopath, you rarely go in there and you're just, I'm the best person for this job, no one can ever do it better. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's rare, and if you meet someone who feels that way all the time, I'd personally recommend that you run. <laughs> sage advice. Sage advice. And we'll have a lot of sage advice today. Uh, not really. We rarely have. I, you know what? Besides um, 
thinking about how yummy sage pasta might be, that's about as far as I'm going to get with sage, sage. today. Good. I might burn some sage here in the studio if I say something wrong and we need to cleanse it. In picking up lyrics, uh, you mentioned this before we started, and I was having sort of the same issue, is that a lot of the ones, a lot of the lyrics that really struck me that and stuck with me were at times in my life where I was probably more in the valley than on the upswing. And so I was looking at these going, okay, these are the ones that I, wow, this is kind of melancholy. Okay, what about this one? Well, you know, this one is as well. So uh, I wanted to start out with one that was a little bit more positive. Okay. Uh, at least for me out of the ones that, and this isn't me looking through songs just to find positive things. This was genuinely a song that made me smile, that made me laugh. Um, that I listen to pretty regularly. You needed that emotion the second you heard it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, Brother Ali with Forrest Whitaker. I'm not sure if you're familiar, familiar with the song. It's no. Excellent. I know both of them are, but I don't know this song. So he sings think. a song about Forrest Whitaker because he feels like uh, basically the way he describes himself is, and he describes himself in full detail, like leaving no holds barred in terms of all his faults and all the things that are like wrong we're with talking him. last scene of eight miles. Spoiler yeah. Alert. Yeah. 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 But then uh, this is sort of the, this is the segue from that part. You might think I'm depressed as can be. When I look in the mirror, I see sexy something me. And if that's something that you can't respect and that's peace, my life's better without you actually. And so that always struck me. And just listening to him talk about, uh, his uh, his stubble and or his uh, razor burn and his lazy eye and his you know his mode of uh, dress which is basically t-shirts and jeans and that's it and you know it really struck me as okay this is what I could aspire to be is just not care about anybody around me and what they think because frankly and again my mind knows this my heart. Wait, no. My heart may know this, my mind doesn't. Nobody really cares about you and what you look like most of the time. Right? Unless you're on stage or unless you're uh, doing something impression. else. I would agree with you. Yeah. 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 So that was something that really stuck with me in terms of uh in terms of that. And I just thought it was funny too that he thought Forrest Whitaker was his like the patron saint of like the, the song. The spirit animal. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a that's an interestingly positive one. Um, uh, my old stage drummer Chris Abrisky wrote a song called Psycho Two, and um, it was in a we did a different side project called Lo Fi Sci Fi, and he had a line in the song that I had always asked about, which was "You're Nightmare Four and I'm Psycho Two. and it was just he was comparing like, "Yeah, you are this crap horror movie, but I'm this great yet unsung horror movie. Nobody knows this horror movie's rad, but me, but that's who I am." So I completely understand what you're talking about and i was playing the song on stage with him for years and not knowing that's what he was getting at i just thought they were him listing movies he liked so um <laughs> and, and he was my best friend yeah so um i was really shocked by it i was taken aback like wow man you're getting an ego cool do you think that you, you listen to a lot of music yeah um do you think that listening to there's times in your life when you want to listen to that sad song mixtape where you want to listen to the melancholy tracks, where you need that. You need that as a, a cathartic moment, mm -hmm. right? Um, are there times when you want to listen to stuff that is, if not more uplifting than just maybe poppy or just, you know, uh, something that will get you out of mood or continue 
a good mood that you're in? Um, the closest thing that comes to mind quickly without getting too cerebral is sometimes I want the dumbest thing possible because I'll get my head stuck into circular thinking. So I want something dumb and really fun and something that I can rely on. And in that case, I will almost always reach for an ACDC album because I know exactly what I'm going to get. I know exactly how controversial this will be. I know that it will end in exactly the same place that it began. I, it will enrich my life in no way, but I will have a great time. So yes, though it means nothing, but it probably means everything to them. And they're probably not lying. You know, yeah. that is probably, the, you know, if you found out what happened to their drummer, Phil Rudd, and all the charges he was brought up on that got him fired from the band. And then you look at the lyrics to Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. You're like, wait a second. That was a documentary. Whoa. This was a documentary, man. How are you actually all those things? And it was really surprising to me that that was their lifestyle. Right. I thought they were just manufacturing an image. Right, it just looked like that, yeah. Nope, it turns out they're actually, you, you don't want to run into ACDC in a dark alley. And uh, <laughs> you probably shouldn't think about it much deeper than that. So I like uh, how the, yeah. the ACDC solution could be either listening to the album or just sticking a fork in a <laughs> outlet. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think either you know, way you're going to feel better afterwards. You, you will have an impact, yeah. Please don't do that at home. Mark with a C does not endorse nor um, electricity of any kind. Yeah, really just, you know, live in an Amish paradise. Uh, we're, I like it. All right, so let's play a song. Um, some of the songs that I picked today were a little more uh, repetitive. I felt like I was digging so much into lyrics that I just picked some songs that uh, just had sort of the same thing over and over again. So this is the epitome of that stagger, stagger, crawl with uh, Deja Vu Ultraman. These are all words that I've never heard together except Great. for Deja and Vu. Awesome. So well, that's I'm, I'm looking actually, forward to it. That makes me feel really good about that. And you're listening to this on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, Odd Numbers, uh, with Mark with a C. Hi. Hello, Nick here. Are you looking for something to do on November 9th, the night before the Orlando Maker Fair starts? What could be better than kicking off a weekend of crafts and geekery then a storytelling event at the Dr. Phillips Center. And I'm one of the storytellers? The event is Pachakacha, which means chit-chat in Japanese. Each speaker has 20 slides and 20 seconds per slide to convey their story. I've been talking to some of the speakers, and it's going to be fantastic. Also, they think I'm fantastic. I mean, I assume they think that. Pachakacha, two shows, November 9th. Get your tickets now. Stagger, stagger, crawl with Deja Vu Ultraman. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to WPRK. This is a little show called Odd Numbers, something new that I'm trying out. Normally, you'd be hearing a much more in-depth interview uh, with my very special guest, Mark with a C. But I'm just not that interesting. Let, let's talk about superficial But you've things. been on this show before, and I've done an in-depth interview, and if you want to listen to that... I've been told I had a great time, but I remember <laughs> very little of it. I was, it was so tired. It was a really good show. It Thank was a you really for good show. I, I, I enjoyed it, and it was the first time you and I had really sat down to talk. It was really maybe even the first time we had met. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a good show, even if it was early in the morning. And you can listen to that at toacertaindegree.com. Uh, I would encourage you to go check out, uh, if you don't already know Mark with a C's discography, go check out markwithac.com. Best place to 
yeah, go and, and try uh, stuff out. You know, it's basically just kind of a, a landing page for all the albums because really the music comes first and foremost. But if you want things past that, up in the header bar, there's a link to Facebook, Twitter, um, all the places I can be found, plus my Patreon, which is just the gift that keeps on giving. Yep. And Mark is here today because we are doing a special episode about uh, music. We each brought in five songs. We'll talk a little bit more about the songs as they come up. But really talking about lyrics as well. So I'm always uh, fascinated by how we connect with specific songs. Sometimes there seems to be a rhyme or reason. Maybe we get into a band and they write a song and then uh, it hits us. Uh, or it's something we're hearing randomly, you know, sometimes on the radio, sometimes with a friend. Um, and so that's a little bit of what we're talking about today. So what song do you have for us? Mark? Well, these aren't going to be in any particular order, no. uh, but the, um, the first one that I'm going to mention the lyric from, and it's basically a verse is a song by Robin Hitchcock. Who's a really great surrealist, uh, folk pop writer and, um, started out kind of in the post-punk scene and just became one of the most prolific and always consistently brilliant songwriters. But he has one track from his album called Fedgemania called My Wife and My Dead Wife. And this song in particular, while the title might seem really grim, is actually there are just universes within that title and that concept. And I swear one day when I write a novel that is fiction, it will be trying to make sense of the entire story trying to figure out what Robin was on about. And meanwhile, Robin doesn't seem to like the song very much while we're still trying to decode this four minutes. And this is a really good example of it. Um, My wife lies down on the beach. She's sucking a peach. She's out of reach of the waves that crash on the sand where my dead wife stands holding my head. Now my wife can't swim, but neither could she. And deep in the sea, she's waiting for me. The pronouns the wife that's over here. Yeah. Like what is happening here? So it's a beautiful song. It's got a great melody. It's got a great hook, but you can think about those lyrics for hours. And I have, I have, I've had full on hour long discussions with people like, but what if he means this? And what if it's a parable for this old, you know, that's amazing. And he doesn't even like it. He doesn't like, he doesn't talk about it much. I take it. Oh, it gets brought up a lot because it's a fan favorite. And he's like, yeah, that's a song, isn't it? And (laughs) he just seems so dismissive of this song that many of us are very fascinated with. And what a great lyric that the songwriter themselves is like, that's just not special. And we're going, but what does it mean, man? And you can project whatever you want on it. But I think it's sort of like a, a kind of a... Uh, whoever maybe you you first committed to, they were one person, but as you grow, they become another person, but you're always still in love with that first person that they were while you're growing to love the person they're becoming. I think that's probably what's going on in the song, but Robin's also surrealist, so I know I'm not even, not just Anywhere not close. in the ballpark, yeah. I'm not playing the right sport. How long has that song been around? I think that record came out in 1984. Five. Okay, so it's been quite a long time. You've been listening to it for how long? Uh, I think I only got really got into Robin Hitchcock around 2011 okay. with his band, The Soft Boys. And it was actually through a listener request right here on WPRK. There's a song I'd been looking for for years. I could not find it called I Want to Be an Angle Poise Lamp. And someone requested a Soft Boys song, and I happened to see on the back cover that song. I went, wait, they're that band. And then, so you know, Went home, bought the record, 
blew me away. And it was literally the impetus for me beginning, beginning to play with a full band at all. Really? Because I'd sworn it off for so many years. Yeah. Hearing the soft voice and that these tones could only be made by individuals with clashing personalities went, well, okay, if I want any more depth in my records, there's going to have to be some more people for me to bounce this off of. So this song, in a large way, changed my life. It's interesting that it it lyrically, it's being decoded and maybe it influenced you in terms of your songwriting or maybe it didn't, but it specifically uh, did something for you in terms of the sound that you wanted Absolutely. and they were going for. Yeah, it changed everything. I mean, Robin Hitchcock in general changed my whole outlook, my whole trajectory. I still knew what I was working towards, but I don't think it would have sounded like it does if I hadn't been... Weirdly, the two groups that were hitting me at the exact same time around 2011, 2012 were the Soft Boys and ABBA Um, because I was noticing these really complex harmonies in ABBA that actually weren't. They made it seem complex by having one person sing only one note. So you'd be singing all over trying to find this note that's connecting, but actually it was just the first one. I went, wow, you can do that, and that makes it so simple that no one can figure it out. Right. I went, okay, if I can merge that with the soft boys, I might come up with something new, and voila. The the album Popular Music and most of the sound was born. Okay. Well, we'll have to go listen to that at some point. It's okay. Yeah. Wired Magazine called it the best album of all time. And you don't want to call Wired Magazine liars, do you? I hate to do that. Right. Like, So let's just not go down that path, Nick. (laughs) Well, let's listen to a band that also had a lot of uh, influence over you, I believe, The Who. Yes, this is my favorite rock band of all time. All time. All time. Yeah, the uh, the Monkees are my favorite everything else, but the, the Who is my favorite band of all time. Okay. So we're going to hear I Can See for Miles. Any particular reason for this one? It's just the gold standard of how to write a pop song uh, and how to do it with more than three chords but seem effortless. All right. And that's what you do, seem effortless. Good. Great. Okay, we'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by Fill in the Gaps, actors and other performance artists, the backbone of the economy, the best people among us. As good-looking and talented as they are, sometimes they need a day job to make ends meet. And to get that day job, their resumes could use a little zhushing, a little something extra, something to connect those dots between day jobs. Well, that's where we come in. Fill in the Gaps has set up a number of shell corporations that help performers with their career crevasses. Is this legal? Maybe. Ethically, it's a gray area. How do we make it a little more ethical? By doubling down on the fraud. Along with lying about the companies you've worked for, we'll also provide job titles and responsibilities that make your resume more interesting. Here are some examples of jobs that you can say you held. Retail harbinger. Flavor curator. In-house color technician enthusiast. Digital Haberdasher, Sound Design Ambassador, and Beard Sommelier. In some cases, the prospective employer will be too embarrassed to ask about the job since they'll want to look like they understand it. Fill in the gaps. Make your life appear complete on your resume. You won't actually be complete or feel complete. You're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. The Who on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I can see for miles... Do you think that's how they intended the words to be pronounced? No, I think that someone left out a U and it was, I can see, four miles. I can see 
numerically, they can see four oh, miles. Four miles. That's what I, actually what I thought it was when I was a kid. Seriously. Really? I was like, oh, wow, that's really neat. You can see four miles at a time. Is that panoramic or straight ahead? And, you know, right? so I really was... Uh, my, oh, my peripheral vision is excellent. But Pete Townsend, when asked once... You know, what's I could see for miles about it. He was like a man with exceptionally good eyesight, and he just like left it at that totally dry. And I went, yeah, there's a reason that I love you so much. Because that's exactly the answer I would have given if I wrote that song. If you wrote that song. Very nice. Uh, good morning. My name is Nick. Mark with a C is here. Hello. As he is once every couple of years. Yeah. You come on the show. Yeah, so I, I, really I tend to be that. around WPRK quite often. Yeah, you do. So you're here all the time. I'm saying for my show. Yes, every two years. Every two I, years. I say we make it a, a regular a anniversary. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, except for leap years, which I'm not really sure when they are. If they're real, could be a myth. I think they are. You know, what? much like Davy Jones. Real? There was never a, a Davy Jones. There was never a Davy Jones. Yeah, we'll talk. CGI? I, I, I have said Hologram. too much. Okay. Yeah, don't say anymore. Uh, Mark with a C is here today. We're doing a special episode uh, called Odd Numbers. So we're talking about music, which is, I uh, couldn't think of anyone better to bring in to talk about music because he has uh, obviously a musical career, uh, markwithac.com, if you want to listen to many, many or all of his songs on there. Uh, you have a podcast called Discography. That's correct for the uh, Consequence of Sound yep. Network, uh, podcast network. Uh, basically, we... Uh, we listen to all of an artist's albums in chronological order to see the story that is told in the grooves and not historically. However, season three will be very different. It is the most backbreaking work I have ever done for writing. I literally am taking a break right now. Being here, this is my break from writing season three of season discography. Three. I can't tell you who it is. When you see who it is, you're going to go, oh man, I can see why that took so much work. And then you're going to see why I'm taking a vacation after. So first season was Frank Zappa. First, yep. Second season, Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. Could and not be so, more diametrically opposed. And I think that this one is kind of right up the center. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see that. When uh, approximately? Well, it won't be because it's finished. It'll be because it's due. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it'll Deadlines likely, are great. Yeah, it, it's likely to Deadlines be late October. Wonderful. Oh, nice. Okay. And it'll drop, one, how does that drop? Once a week? Usually it's weekly, yeah. yeah okay. um, as far as I know, we plan to do it once a week, and I, I think this will be probably between six and eight episodes, but please don't quote me on that because I really don't know until we start the recording process. Right. Okay, we won't quote you on anything, Thank even you. though we're recording you. Yeah, this was a bad idea. Actually, can we just erase <laughs> the live broadcast, please? Yeah, 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 we'll stop that, right? That That's dead air. Oh, stop. I don't want oh. you to get in trouble, Nick, please. <laughs> Well, let's get back to the lyrics. So um, as a songwriter yourself, I think it's interesting to hear some of the lyrics that mean something to you. Um, as someone who's always been a fan of music, always listening to music, um, I always am fascinated with this idea of the lightning bolt lyrical moment where it means something to you. Mm -hmm. um, and so going back, I mentioned this earlier, a lot of the lyrics I was looking at were very, very melancholy. Yeah. Um, and there's something to this one uh, even more so because of what happened to the lead singer. So uh, this is a band that I came across, I think, by accident. May have heard it on WPRK, may have heard it on a CMJ type of uh, mixtape or online somewhere. And uh, it really struck me. And I went out and got their stuff, really enjoyed it. They happened to be playing The Social downtown one night. Couldn't find anybody to go. And this was the first time... 
that I went to a show by myself. So this was like one of the only times that I've been to a show, like made that kind of effort to go downtown park. So this is as personal of an experience as you can have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is uh, Frightened Rabbit. Uh, oh, right, so right, the song yeah. is My Backwards Walk. Um, and the lead singer, the songwriter, uh, just passed away recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had uh, uh, committed suicide. But this was a lyric. The whole idea of backwards walk is just being unable to leave somebody, leave somebody behind or get away from them or, you know, somewhere between haunted by them or still quite in love. Sure. And so uh, I thought this one was, I could have picked any of them. I think this is one of the few songs that I have memorized, but this was one of the verses. I'm working on my faults and cracks, filling in the blanks and gaps. And when I write them out, they don't make sense. I need you to pencil in the rest. So someone who is so dependent on this other person. And, you know, to me, in a way... Like they need to be fed by their existence. Right. And so to an extent, it was like this, uh, uh, what I would think of as a love story. Not a healthy one, necessarily. Very codependent. Right, right. And so, but for a long time, that was sort of my ideal of what love should be. It made me realize like some of the songs that I listened to, some of the entitled feelings that I've had all my life, uh, maybe weren't the healthiest. Yeah. Maybe were something that I needed to work on. And I can relate to that because I think the bulk of the things that I've learned in life are either because I saw someone crying because of the action or because I heard it in a song and it changed my mind. Right. And uh, lyrically, everything about this song was something that I wanted to... Like, I I think sometimes as a writer, not a songwriter, but as a writer, when I hear something and I just have to go, okay, well, I'm never going to write anything better than that, but I have to keep going. I'm glad I can hear these things now through that lens rather than the, oh, that's the most perfect thing that's ever been written. I can't ever write again. You know, it's uh, rather circular, but that was actually the impetus for the Who writing Tommy because the song that we played, I can see for Miles, Pete Townsend absolutely believed he would never write anything better. Oh, really? Yeah, he and he was mad that it only charted at like number nine in the UK and he spat, these are his words, he spat at the British record buyer and he went, well, this is clearly, his words again, this is clearly a masterpiece. It's clearly the best pop song ever written. What do I do now? So then it was, well, just put a bunch of songs together to tell a story. Like, well, I guess I haven't tried that. All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> and, and now the world is completely different. But right. writers, every writer who's going to do it as a career goes through this. Yeah. Um, I probably did with my second record. I went, well, that's pretty much what I'm going to be. So why am I in a hurry to do another one? And uh, my fifth album, Normal Bias, I was so scared to do anything else because I was so pleased with it. Now I'm really glad that I carry it on. So Obscurity is your newest album. Yeah, that's the newest album of original new material. And I wanted to talk about a a little bit that process because in hearing you speak about that one, uh, you were really, consider it isn't the right word, but you were really conscious of how you were processing it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, you've always had kind of a, a, a straightforward approach to songwriting, um, but also something that ties it all together. Sure. Right. Like you're very considerate in that. I way. like thema- uh, yeah. thematic writing. So what was it about obscurity that makes it so much, uh, so special to you? Uh, 
bite-sized version, as best as I can tell you, is that um, I really always wanted to work with that producer. Uh, it did. I, at first, when I wanted to work with him, he wasn't in production. I just wanted to work with him because I loved the music that he made. And then when I heard the tones that he could get as a producer, then it, you know, it morphed into a different thing. But the songs had to match the um, the level of talent that was going to be touching the record. And I mean, here I was, you know, totally starstruck. I'm playing Melissa Oftermar's bass in the studio from, you know, uh, the Smashing Pumpkins and Hole, and of course her own solo work. I'm playing Evan Dando from the Lemonheads acoustic guitar up in Canada while one of my musical, one of my biggest musical idols is looking at me in the control room. Those songs had to be worth it. Those songs had to be worth it. So you felt an extra level of pressure or inspiration? Both. Okay. Both. Um, but a lot of the songs were actually like kind of half written and left and like, okay, this is promising enough that I will finish it when I know it's going somewhere perfect uh, for that song. So, um, for example, the song One of These Are Gonna Be Your Day, which is um, oftentimes my favorite song from the record. This is uh, this song was demoed, and, but not really finished at the, uh, the first charity EP that I'd released called Songs for Aubrey. And I loved it so much. I'm like, well, we can, we can do a better version, but we have to wait for the right way and time and Jordan heard uh, Jordan Zadarozny from Blinker the Star who produced Obscurity in Canada heard it and he was like what are you doing sitting on this song and I'm like oh th- this is the first one you're sending me what so uh, it was symbiotic in a way and, and it was a, a lot of my rewards came from him being impressed before I got there yeah so um, it's special to me but not necessarily in the easiest ways to explain right Okay. I think time will explain what I'm doing a lot better than me shoving a bunch of words in your ear. Um, there, there are, I guess, it's hard to pronounce, affectuoso, more affectuoso moments, especially in the second half of this record, than you would find elsewhere. Google it. Folks. I don't know what that means. That's fine. Okay. Uh, really, I'm gonna there, look there's it up. two people on the planet who would. <laughs> Well, you can hear more of Mark's music at Mark with a C. Let's listen to a song right now. Okay. And we will play, let's see, how about some Albert Hammond Jr. with Feed Uh, Me Jack? That gentleman is incredibly inspired by Guided by Voices, so I am incredibly inspired by that gentleman. All right. So we'll play that on WPRK. You're listening to Odd Numbers. October is a scary month. So if you need the soothing comedy of To a Certain Degree... Tune in to 91.5 FM every Monday starting at 7 a.m. Guests include... Brendan Byrne. From... WMFE. He'll talk about his favorite... Local craft beers. And... Chris Crespo. Of the great... Cinema Crespediso podcast. We'll sit down with Nick for an interview. Bad business ideas and maybe some movie talk, if there's time. And if you want to get your holiday shopping done early, visit the DeLand Indie Market on October 7th. To a certain degree, we'll have a table there with only the best 3D printed stocking stuffers around. Albert Hammond Jr. on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. That was Feed Me Jack. Good morning. My name is Nick. I will feed you. I'm oh. not Jack. I'm Mark with a C, but I, I, I will feed you with information. And I appreciate Inspirational that. quotes. Ah, um, like, well, I don't have any on deck, but well, hang I, in I'm there, sure. like, hang in there, and the cat, 
It's not so much a quote as I'm describing a poster. I, that's good enough. Let's both yeah. think of that poster. Okay. And everybody listening, yeah, both please of think you, of the poster. think of the poster. And, and we're, now we're all having a great Monday morning. <laughs> good morning. As I mentioned, my name is Nick. I'm here with Mark with a C. So happy to have you back on the show and talking about music. I'm happy to be back on your show without having been awake for 48 hours and having just performed a show and all the things that happened last time. I'm so happy to be here in general, but I really like you and I really like your show and I like the music you play and I love the stations, so I just could not be more thrilled to be here. Very good. I wish your show was a little later in the day. One complaint. <laughs> One complaint. I'm glad Beyond I get, that, I get I notes. Thrilled. I get notes from my, uh, my guests all the time and that's possibly <laughs> the nicest one. Uh, so, Mark, we are going through some lyrics, some lyrics we admire, some lyrics that struck us at the time. What do you have for us this time? And if you missed any of the show, uh, you can always go back and listen to it at toacertaindegree.com. And uh, I believe, Mark, you'll be posting it on your Patreon as well. Yes, provided all of this is captured properly and usably. Yep. Uh at patreon.com slash mark with a C, I should be sharing this in two segments uh, because, you know, time is of the essence. And also that's how the files will be delivered to me. Uh, yes, that should be the case. And my Patreon is very, very active. It kind of works like a monthly tip jar, but really it sort of fills in the gap of as many people listen to me as they ever did. They're just not buying as much stuff because now you can stream anything and sure. streaming doesn't pay you what the physical objects do. So the Patreon kind of fills in the gap. But in return, I give you so much you cannot possibly keep up with it. Right, and if right. you knew what was coming before the end of the year, you would, well, you'd be waiting to sign up. You'd so be very out, happy about it. So maybe if that's you had an you inkling, you'd already be excited. Yeah. All excited. Right. So, very uh, good. You want me to talk about some lyrics, and this is by an act named Japanese Breakfast. Japanese Breakfast is the uh, creative outlet of a lady named Michelle Zauner. And uh, to, to even pretend that I know much about her would be completely unfair, because every time I think that I know a bit about her and her career, I find out that I was completely misguided. But in particular, there's a song on her most recent album called Soft Sounds from Another Planet. The track is called Till Death. And when I heard it, it was this very weird place where I'd been very rocked by um, many celebrity passings. But also, I was having a similar feeling while my while I knew that my, my dog's days were just numbered. Mm -hmm. And I heard this song on the right drive, on the right day, any other day, I might not have noticed the lyrics. I'm, I might have just gone, what a pretty melody. But that day, what, what's going to seem to you like completely disconnected lyrics were exactly what I needed to hear. And that was, sing me to sleep, soothe this insomnia, haunted dreams, stages of grief, repressed memories, anger and bargaining, your embrace healing my wounds, teach me to breathe, teach me to move, PTSD, anxiety, genetic disease, thanatophobia. Wow. But when you hear it with her voice and those chord changes and that key change, you are never the same. So some pretty deep and meaningful lyrics, but I wouldn't say disguised within some pop music, but hidden, would you say? or Potentially. Um, what My understanding of her new record is her, her prior record, Psychopomp, was very much about getting over the death of her mother. Uh the second record is apparently, well, nobody had just written 
what happens after those stages of grief when you haven't put yourself back together? What happens then? And that was the perfect day for me to hear that record. It was So it just hit me at just the right time. But that was the song that above all else, really, it rocked me. I got home, played it for pretty much anyone, anyone. And they're looking at me like, it's very nice, Mark. But uh, so <laughs> I, we've... I, I'm sure you've had that experience. We're like, you have to hear this right now. There's and something just about looking this, at you yeah. like you've just shown a dog a card trick. Yeah. <laughs> that was me with Japanese breakfast and the song Till Death. So how do you, okay, let me ask you this. When you have a song like that, it goes into heavy rotation. You try to share it with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you go back to it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sounds like it was fairly recent. So maybe it's been too soon. Uh, Within the this. last two years, I okay. think, yeah. So you listen to it today. Does it have that same impact now? Does it take me to right fade? back to where I Does was? Okay. And I can apply it to today, too. To new things. Yeah. It, it's still adaptable. Yeah. Songs are much more living, breathing than they're given credit for. I mean, unless you wrote something with a ton of hate speech. Like, that's pretty cut and dry. But um, anything at all with a little bit of room for interpretation can always do something new for you. I think uh, I don't have anything to add to that that would be anywhere near as poignant. So well, let's play thank song. you. Good night. I'll see you all later. <laughs> Bye. Mark of the Sea, out of here. And he just stomped away. So I'm going to play a song that he had picked. Uh, this is uh, Mitski. Mitski. Oh, you're back. Ah, hi. Yes. <laughs> Mitski is um, my fave rave pretty much at the moment. And uh, I was really struggling with which Mitski song to pick. Yeah. It almost became the song Pink as the Night off her new album, Be the Cowboy. Um, that song really sums up I, in a very abstract way where my head is at currently, but I don't want to push that on you or your listeners or anybody else. So instead, I'll just pick this very, very pretty song, Francis Forever, off of her album, Bury Me at Make Out Creek, which is the best Simpsons reference to ever grace an album title. <laughs> very nice. We'll have to look that up afterwards. And uh, yeah, so this is Mitski on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by The Glitter End. Arguing, does it make you sad? Because you're always right? Add a new level to gloating with one or more tubes of glitter, but not just plain glitter. Metallic confetti that actually has the exact answers to the argument you're having. Whether it's grammar, the year a movie came out, or the 17th president, the answer is glitter. Not the movie, that would be terrible, but actual glitter. Order now at toacertaindegree.com. Mitski on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Francis, forever. Not the way I should say that. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm just here for another hour. Uh, unfortunately for me, because I get to hang out with Mark with a C, and it's only one more hour. But that means it's one more hour before I get to start powering down and maybe get some rest. Yeah. So, um, it's a mixed blessing. I'll miss you, but I, I am really excited to sleep in my bed and stuff. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I can appreciate that. Uh, this is a show I'm doing called Odd Numbers with Mark. And we're looking at some lyrics. We're playing some music. And that's about it. I wanted to have a, a lyrical talk. I can't be lyrical, so I wanted to talk about lyrics. Fair enough. Okay. The, only need you, the, the only thing you need to make something is the want to make it. The mountain goats. Yep, I figured this was going to come up. Let's go. What? <laughs> Everybody is like, oh, you clearly like the mountain goats when they hear me. And I'm like, man, you don't even, it's a deep well. 
the deep well, and I can't tell the whole story on. All right, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I was inspired by the mountain goats long before I knew I was inspired by the mountain goats, and that's all I can say. I I am not comparing them or contrasting them in any way to your music. There was a song from a lyrical perspective. We're bringing up lyrics that really struck yeah, us I mean, at the time. Great lyrics. Throw a dart at one of his records, right? So I'm interested to see which one you picked. Uh, this was the best ever death metal band in Denton. Why would it, why was that not the first place my head went? What a great track. I'm not going to spoil any. I've got favorite lines from that song too. So. Right. It's hard not to because it's uh, so uh, out of the songs. I'm going to write mine down while you say it. Okay. So and, uh, and we'll contrast and compare. I, I just want to add. Uh, it's one of those storytelling tracks that. You know, it, it, there's a through line to it. It is building on itself. And it's not a happy story, but it's told in such a way that, you know, I, I think he was trying to be inspiring with what he could uh, bring out of this story. So uh, the, the, are you ready? Yeah. I'm okay. just jotting down the notes so I can prove that I'm not making this up. <laughs> when you punish a person for dreaming his dream, don't expect him to thank or forgive you. <laughs> The best ever death metal band out of Denton will in time both outpace and outlive you. Second line. There that, it is. I, I jotted it down on the notes app on my phone. That's the exact quote I was going to bring up. I mean, everybody has fun yelling Hail Satan afterwards, right? Because right, that's the, the fun end. part of the song. Yeah. But that line, that line will slice you on the right days. But it's, uh, you know, along with probably the, the best example I can give is uh, the police with I'll Be Watching You. Uh, this sounds like a fairly happy song. I can see Not that happy, in the chord changes, yeah. Yeah, 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 but it's positive. Propul propulsive, yeah. Right. This is not, uh, just like the police, this is not a happy song. This is not uh, going to any good places. No, this is really, really tragic. End. Yeah. And if and, you can relate, I'm so sorry. Uh, but it's it's interesting to me that he was able to capture that part, like that feeling of somebody's holding me back. Somebody's doing something to prevent me from accomplishing the thing that I was meant to accomplish. And he's doing it through that, you know, this is your dream. Your dream is to be in a band. Your dream is to be the best death metal band ever. Um, and yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. Maybe it's not always being the death metal band. Maybe it's being something else, but that's what he captures. I think very well there. That's a great way to put it. Um, I feel like the song's really self-explanatory in its own way, but I think I might only feel that way for knowing a lot about the Mountain Goats, and it yeah. seems like the ultimate song that he wrote. Where I think a lot of people find No Children to be like the signature song. Yeah. I think this is the perfect example of him sounding happy, not being happy, but also being uplifting at the same time and making you feel like, no, I can live another day, which is what he excels yeah. at. And uh, this year is another good example of that. That would be my second choice for signature song, but absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you're yeah, dead yeah. on. We're on the same page here, and if this sounds like an argument, it's not. It's two people who just realize they think the same thing. We think the same thing about a lot of stuff. What am I thinking of right now? Seven. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's play a song, and uh, how about some Chet Faker? Oh, We'll play some uh, commercials and then we'll come back with a song.
On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. However um, you want to run your show. Yeah, no, I should do that. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Mark with a C is here. And if you want to hear his music, markwithac.com. Because this isn't a radio station. We do not play music here. Oh, we'll play one. Just for that, we'll play one of your songs after the break. All right. See how that goes. This episode is brought to you by Shotgun Bedding. Sometimes you need a bed, and you need it fast. Who are you going to call? You're going to call the friendly neighborhood sleep installation experts. This isn't just a mattress we're bringing to your house where you don't exactly know where it's coming from. It's a space-age foam polymer that is shot at a high velocity wherever you want, in whatever shape you want, and it'll be stuck there for years. Instant bed. That's there forever. As with most of our products, don't ingest it, look at it directly, or allow your mind to give in to the dark thoughts while lying on top of it. Order your comfy shotgun bedding at toacertaindegree.com. Mark with a C on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from his new album, Obscurity. That was terribly popular. <laughs> what an interesting way to pronounce that title. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. Uh, such a pleasure to have you on. Um, we are talking today, this is a episode of Odd Numbers. We are talking today about lyrics that struck us, r- lyrics that just made us stop in our tracks and connected with us at that particular time, at that particular moment. So Mark with us, he is here because he writes lyrics, first of all, which I think is, and he makes music, which I think is magic. I like, I, I can understand all the steps it takes to write a song, like uh, mentally. Sure. I just think though that learning to play the instruments mastering your voice writing the song making it in a way that you think is good enough and you're comfortable with releasing all of that seems like so not necessarily complicated but just wonderful and not something that i would necessarily be able to do so that's why i say magic when i'm often describing different artists and musicians and people who do something i admire in a way but i know that is probably beyond my ability Hmm. i don't think it's beyond anybody's ability and to to reiterate something that i said earlier i think the only excuse you need to create is the want yep and i defy anyone to play a daniel johnston record which is you know recorded on a boom box in a corner like with the simplest chords and he will move you to your very soul and he appears to have barely tried so i don't even think you have to go through all those steps you just have to want to create and then capture that's it really if you can do those things you've already written it and if you can do it the same way twice you can say it's a composition that's the that's the key component it's what i've found yeah Yeah. seriously if you make a mistake live just make it when that part of the song comes up again and now people think you're trying something new there's all all kinds of fail safes on this man it is such an easy job sometimes and it certainly beats digging ditches okay well, we'll try that next. I Sometimes think it's an easy job. That'll translate to radio very well as the Digging Ditches episode. Yeah, it's going to be great. Just um, We're going to play Dig from Pete Townsend's musical The Iron Man over and over. and um, We're going to have different shovels. I think it's we're important to Can to you try. dig it by the monkeys? <laughs> we're going to play that 30-second clip from the album Let It Be. Just dig it. I mean, I'm... We're, I'm Deep cutting here. You are. You are. I like it. You want to hear about a, a deep lyric? cut? Yes, I would like to hear one of your lyrics. So uh, I asked you to bring five mm-hmm. lyrics five, from five songs with you. So the song that I, I'm bringing up, this is my third one, 
is uh, by Juliana Hatfield, who I, I absolutely adore. Um, I've loved her most of the time that I've been alive to the point where I actually named my daughter after her. Um, Juliana Hatfield has never and can never do wrong in my eyes, but in particular, there's one song that maybe came out around five, six years ago that's not terribly easy to run into nowadays. It's the title track of her album called There's Always Another Girl. And I would love to quote the entire song, but it's this particular verse that I that just shocked me. And I was like, she nailed the syndrome. Everyone needs to hear this. Why is this so hard to find? Why can't I show everyone? And it goes this way. <clears throat> Boy geniuses can be ugly and fat, but they don't cut their girls any slack. Girls are advised to not think about the future or past. It matters not where they came from or whether or not they endure. What matters is if they can make all heads turn because there's always another girl. Well, I'm never going to have that perspective myself, but I now completely understand that perspective I, and enough to respect it and avoid it. Yeah. How old were you when you heard that? Well, it was probably about five years ago, so five yeah. years younger. Okay. About 35-ish. Yeah. Ish. I don't, I don't remember exactly what year it came out. I'm interested in that part because I think that that would be, if you had heard that, say, at 25 or 20, do you think it would have had the same impact? I don't know. Um, it's hard to say where I was. I definitely struggled with entitlement and it, it was, it's very apparent in my first record. Like it's, it's kind of a parody of the entitlement. Once I was starting to realize that it was in me, I was like, well, how, how far of an extreme can I push this to? Um, unfortunately it was a debut record. So people didn't really have anything to compare it to. And it just seemed right. like, wow, this guy's really entitled. But, um, I like lyrical misdirection and I failed at it 12 times on that record. But that said, um, it likely would have had a similar impact, but we were starting to get into our current climate now. So there was a little bit more resonance when someone said it with a melody mm -hmm. rather than just typing an angry thing. I don't know if... Uh, at the time, then I wouldn't have just had text to compare it to. So I don't know. That's that's pretty an abstract. It's a pretty abstract way of looking at it. I don't know if I can answer that properly. Okay. So what is it about you that connected with that in such a way? Like, was there was there a moment that you wanted to incorporate that message or something along those lines? Like, sometimes do you hear lyrics and you're you're working on a song maybe in your head? And it influences that song. I'm curious how other songs influence your songwriting. Well, I can give you some kind of direct examples. A lot of my songs are actually answers to famous songs. Like, I'll write the sequel that never was. Uh, Carol King wrote the song, I Feel the Earth Move Under My Feet. And I just imagined that the narrator is some hopeless drunk. And I, the, my sequel was, The Earth Didn't Move, You're Just Hung Over Again. You know, you've just got the shakes, you're detoxing. Um, there was a, there was one recently, actually on the new record, Obscurity. Um, the song Maybe is Roxanne's side of the story from the police. Oh, okay. So I, I do a lot of, like, not only am I inspired by this song, I want to know the rest of that story. And they didn't write it, so I'll have to. Very nice. What, uh, how do you convey that to an audience then? Like, is this the... I wait for the right people to get it. Okay. That's interesting because the the mystery of it, I guess, is part of the component to listening to it, right? Like it was the same experience for you. I don't know what this is about necessarily. This is how I interpret it. 
Yeah, and most times that people tell me what they think my songs are about, they're so much better than my intent. No, I'm, I'm dead <laughs> serious here. There's one that's really hotly debated, apparently, among hardcore fans called You Do Not Exist, where people are absolutely convinced that it is about, like, an imaginary internet girlfriend, and it's so not. It's way more specific, and it's unfortunately a story. Uh, I didn't... I didn't personally experience the story, but it is someone's truth. And that person, when I asked respectfully, like, hey, can I, can I use this? Uh, they swore me to secrecy. I could never, ever say what the song was about. But I can tell you, while theirs is fascinating, that you somehow got that answer out of what I was writing is so much cooler. So much cooler. Very nice. I like people's interpretations of my song better than my intentions. Uh, tell me a little bit while I queue up the next song about your latest release, which is for a friend of yours, Aubrey. Yeah, uh, Aubrey began as a fan of the Mark with a C trio. I think she saw us at Orlando Nerd Fest. Um, just a super sweetheart, and I found out that she was battling cystic fibrosis, and we um, over over the years became friends. And uh, she right now has about 23% lung functionality. And uh, she should be somewhere in the neighborhood of 110 and 120 pounds. And I know that this seems a little personal, but I asked her if it was okay that I talked about these things. And right now she's just clawed her way back to 70 pounds. Um, As you can imagine, with no cure for CF, there is next to no chance that she's just... Basically her life is maintenance. And if I can hand you songs and just a a few bucks in return can make her life a little bit easier, it is literally the best I can do. I can't cure CF. I can be there for my friend and I can try to spread the message and give people things in return for helping my friend. This is the best I can do and I really appreciate everybody that's helped. It actually ended up on... Though it didn't make a, a ton of money, it ended up at like number four on the Bandcamp Indie Pop charts. So apparently there was a lot of attention, but it didn't really translate into dollars. But I'm nervous about saying much more than that because I know that there's a lot of wacky FCC rules about that. So I'm going to shut up now. Okay, well, what kind of music is on there? What songs uh, can you get on there? On the new one, Songs for Aubrey 2, I released a uh, a live album in 2013 2014 called uh, the real live sound of Mark with a C it was a two and a half hour show. And, you know, I edited it best for album flow and there were a good 30 minutes left over. So I always intended to put them out in some form. And this was the form. This was finally the right place to release it. Just, Hey, here's the outtakes from that live album. They're just as good. It's just that I ran out of space. And uh, then there's one bonus new studio recording, which is a cover of a Mitski song called Townie. I took a bunch of liberties with this song, and I really hope Mitski's fan base does not attack me for it because, man, they are just as protective of Mitski as some of my fans are of me. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, but I meant no disrespect with my... It was a loving, loving, loving tribute. But importantly, these songs for Aubrey have nothing to do with and in no way represent Aubrey. They're just songs that you can have if you would like to help out. Very nice. Uh, Let's play a song right now. Little Pointer Sisters. Yeah, I feel like nobody's ever unhappy when they hear the song Jump by the Pointer Sisters. I mean, it's not quite the affectuoso that I was mentioning from the second half of my record, Obscurity, but it makes you want to hang out in a roller rink, and that's just as good, right? Always. 
always just as good. Man, roller rinks are fun. I wish I just had that much neon. I think that if you believe and bookmark enough stuff, you can make that happen. Okay. I'm, I'm holding you to that. If I, I believe have... in your magic, David Blaine. <laughs> You'll hear that, the Pointer Sisters, on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. This is Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by Brand Knuckles. Studies show that branding and your brand may be the most important thing that you will ever do or think about in your life. If you've been to any marketing or social media conference, you would know this. That's why we've developed Brand Knuckles, because we went to one of those conferences and we didn't fully understand what a brand is, so we just started putting logos on brass knuckles. Brand Knuckles. Turn your brand into a lethal weapon. Not available in 24 states or the other 26. Don't order at toacertaindegree.com. The Pointer Sisters on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. No, wait. You're listening to Odd Numbers. It's hard Odd to get Numbers that on To A Certain Degree featuring Mark with a C hosted. This is like that Kids in the Hall group, isn't it? It is. It Herman is a Mender, little bit. Chuck's Armada featuring Rod Torkelson. Or did I... Get the names backwards. If if Catherine, that Catherine who did the art for my new album Obscurity is in Canada and listening right now, she is furious at me for blowing that. Reference. More than likely. She is furious. More than likely. Uh, so I do a show called To a Certain Degree. My name is Nick. Good morning. And I have had amazing guests on over 100 episodes. And Mark with a C was on one of those episodes. He remembers some of it because it's early in the morning. It was very early. <laughs> uh, much like this show. Uh, so I wanted to figure out a way to bring people back because I really enjoyed our talk uh, and I wanted to get your perspective on uh, music, the writing process, lyrics, what lyrics spoke to you, what time in your life, uh, to see what kind of experiences you had, where our experiences were similar and where our experiences differed. And so this format came up, Odd Numbers, so we each bring five songs. Mm -hmm. That was one of yours, Pointer Sisters, because you wanted to, I think, wake everybody up a little bit on the drive to work today. It's just a fun song. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing I can point to about it to explain it, but everything about that song, everything makes me happy. And we're also bringing up lyrics that really struck us at a particular time in our lives. So we've talked about, uh, let's see, I had the Mountain Goats and Frightened Rabbit and Brother Ali and you had... I did uh, Japanese Breakfasts Till Death, uh, Robin Hitchcock's My Wife and My Dead Wife, and what was the third one? Did I do my third one yet? Oh, or you have. Oh, yeah, I did. It was Juliana yeah. Hatfield's There's yeah. Always Another Girl. So I think we both only got two left. Yeah, we both have two left. But uh, if you missed any of the show, you can go to a certain degree.com and I'll have the episode up there later. It's not going to be at odd numbers with Mark with a C.com? Uh, for some reason, that was already taken. Weird. Yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised, actually. There are people who domain sit everything. Everything. I do. Everything about Mark with a C. Mark with a C hats. Mark with a C shirts. You would be surprised how little that's a joke. Okay. Well, then I'm going to stop right there. Let's go on to the next song that I chose. This is Amy Mann. Um, I have since, I, man, it was probably about 99 or 2000. Um, I stopped listening to albums through. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, something will come up. I'll try to listen to the latest Radiohead or sometimes I'll uh, uh, listen to new artists like yourself and when they come out with new stuff mm -hmm. and I'll listen to it through. But for the most part, 
it goes into my library and I hit random and that's how I that's how I interact with songs. It's like your own personal radio station, but yeah. you you pick the library. Sure. I get it. I do it often. Amy Mann is one of those uh, artists that I think I've known about for years and years. I mean, she was very famous in the 80s or relatively speaking famous in the 80s. Um, and she's been doing stuff since then and she's been relatively successful at it. And her cult audience is just, they're broken glass fans. Broken glass fans. Big time. And uh, this song came up. It's called King of the Jailhouse. And it's very slow. And so just happened to be time-wise, I think I was just listening to in my office. Wouldn't have otherwise heard these lyrics, but it starts out, the king of the jailhouse and the queen of the road thinks sharing the burden will lighten the load. So they pack up their troubles in an old Cadillac that's her in the mirror asleep in the back. And there was something about the king of the jailhouse and the queen of the road that just drew me back to reading a lot of sci-fi fantasy uh, back in the 80s, uh, sort of the um, New Gods kind of uh, Mm -hmm. television shows. Like this description of these uh, almost tarot-inspired characters that were really compelling to me. I was like, okay, who are they? Now I want to know about them. And that drew me in so hard that it was the first time I listened to that song, probably played five, six, seven times. Uh, just on random, and it just caught me. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, Clive Barker was known for horror, but it was also Mm -hmm. had a big fantasy edge, and there were characters like that that always had these, uh, you know, weird titles um, that that drew me in. I can't recall, but I did have one... When I was a teenager, I had a collection of Clive Barker short stories. The short stories were great. Yeah. Yeah. I I read it on a plane and then I was like, wow, I really shouldn't have done that in such an enclosed space. (laughs) That's my recollection, but I don't remember. That's probably, yeah, a good idea. And I'm not claustrophobic by any means, but that made me claustrophobic. But it reminded me a little bit of, um, you know, maybe not as well constructed through the rest of the song, but like a, a Rocky raccoon or those characters that you hear about in the songs uh, that speak to you on some level. And obviously with Rocky Raccoon, you just have this, some of the most talented songwriters ever putting together this very lyrical and fun, catchy song. Well, I mean, whoever was posing at Paul Mac- as Paul McCartney at the time. Well, sure, because he was, yeah, you know, sadly deceased. But um, <laughs> I, I'm wondering how they're going to spin this one. Like uh, when fall, you know, faux Paul, um, when he passes, what are they going to do? Because we all know, we all know that this is a fake Paul McCartney, right? Right. Like, you cannot be this famous, be in that many places and not have a bunch of doppelgangers and stand-ins. It just doesn't work. There's too much money riding on a man who's far too old to make every one of those public appearances and be well for them. Right. So there have to be, have to be numerous Pauls. And they started real early on. <laughs> but I don't think that he... We're getting way into a tangent here. I don't think Paul is Dead actually happened when it happened, but I think now they went, well, that's not a bad idea. Oh, okay. And then went, yeah, let's just in case get a bunch of Pauls. And now which Paul did you even see is your question, really. Do we even know who the real Paul is? Just like I don't did know who the king them? of the jailhouse is. I don't know who the queen of the road is, but I'm able to put any meaning I want onto those people to envision their adventures now. And their right. adventures will change depending on who I associate King of the Jailhouse and Queen of the Road with. 
Exactly right. I'm now completely, because I saw Paul McCartney, he played here. As a matter of fact, uh, he did a little talk in the church over here. At oh, you College. saw that gig? Yeah. Wow. And he I'm played jealous. Uh, Blackbird I, at the end. I, I saw the last time he was here in, you know, in the big Enormo dome yeah. down the street. But, but I don't know which Paul it was. Well, I mean, I, I was under the impression I was seeing a Paul McCartney. <laughs> but I was also, the, the seats were cruddy, so all bets are off, you know. Eventually, do you think, okay, let's just get out, let's finish this tangent up. All right. If they could clone so people right now, I mean, we already have holograms going on, <laughs> right? Like, why not just clone the Beatles so you could hear them exactly like they sounded? Because that's what records are for. But in concerts where obviously... They made live albums. Oh, that's a good point. All right. So no cloning of dead musicians. I don't personally see the bonus in it. Other than the confusion and the song they might write of the confusion. <laughs> but that's about it. But I'd have to imagine there's a little... You know, you probably got to relearn to walk again. Um, you've got to relearn how to use your motor skills because you haven't used your muscles in so long to do that. So the clones got to learn it, but they've got the capability to adapt to it because the original source material's got it. So they're not going to be able to do this right off the bat, and they're going to end up having a different set of life experiences than the group you're cloning. So you're never going to get that anyways. So oh, why screw yeah. up the space-time continuum? We already had a large Hadron Collider, and now look at the government. We'll just leave it at that. And play a song. Thank you so much. This is Conspiracy Talk with Mark with a C. I did it. <laughs> I wedged in a conspiracy theory. That was my plan when I walked in. I did it. Hooray. Good night, everybody. Uh, Cold War Kids on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by Bidbus. What's better than a cheap ride share? How about one where you don't know the destination? Bidbus works just like Lyft, but with a healthy dose of eBay. Your drop-off is auctioned off, so you're delivered to the highest bidder. Will it be your house? A coffee shop? A timeshare presentation? Just remember, you have the option to outbid them, so everyone wins. Well, mainly we win. We always win. Bidbus, helping businesses capture new customers. Ah, maybe capture isn't the right word here. Well, download the app at to a certain degree.com. The Cold War Kids on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That is Miracle Mile. My name is Nick. I'm here with Mark with a C. We're doing odd numbers, playing some music for you that we've each picked out, and then talking about lyrics that are meaningful to us, as they are for so many people. Maybe not these lyrics, but some lyrics are meaningful to you. One would think, one would hope. I hope that everybody listening is just completely blown away by your list of lyrics and they're hearing mine and going, what are you doing writing songs, man? I hope that's the outcome. That Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, yes. Like, oh man, he's all right at writing the songs, but man, he's got crap taste. Like, wouldn't that just be funny? Terrible taste, yeah. No, that would be funny. So what's your next that. song then? Mark um, with a C? I absolutely do not think this song could uh, fall under that. But uh, this is a song by the band Sloan. Sloan is a Canadian phenomenon. Up there, they're opening for the freaking Rolling Stones. Down here, the one time uh, that, out of the two that they were here, the, that I saw them, they were playing in the social back when it was the Sapphire Supper Club. They couldn't even sell 60 tickets. I mean, they were 
They're still just about as unknown here as they were then. Still just as big in Canada as they've ever been. They put out a really long record around 2012 called Never Hear the End of It, aptly titled because there's like 30 songs. It just This thing is just wow. too much. There's a song called Fading Into Obscurity. Every bit of this song inspired another song for me. But in particular, this line, the, this couplet, as it were, not couplet, but stanza. Everything I aspire to with smarty pants type lyrics. For that matter, this cake is baked, but I much preferred the batter, perhaps in part because it had so much potential to be delicious and still be influential. Just right, like there's nice. You can't even get mad at how how smarty pants he is, right? Right. Like, oh man, I'm only mad that I didn't write it first. Um, but there's also later a line in the song that I chose to cherish those who think there's some purity in fading into obscurity, and that line knocked me over. When that that's it. We're no matter who you are, you will be forgotten one day. Sure. Period. Yeah. So we're all taking the big bus ride into obscurity. Some just while they're alive, and some not. So. So going back to the cake metaphor analogy, however you describe that, what does that say to you? Because what I'm what I'm thinking about is the batter had so much more potential. Yeah, the, like the basically the salad days when there was excitement and endless possibilities. Well, when you look back on those, though you might not remember that you were starving and only living on ramen, right. you were also living on dreams. And now you fulfilled a lot of those dreams and you found out that life didn't get any sweeter. Oh, see, just from that stanza, maybe the rest of the song talks about it. But This song that, is very particular, uh, very specifically about musicians uh, who uh, first came on the scene prior yeah. to Napster. And uh, there's um, a line that really drives that home with, I made a name for myself when one could do such a thing. So, and that really tells you who this narrator is. Right, and right. when I heard it, I'm like, well, I didn't really fall into that category, but I relate to all these sentiments. And I think I would no matter what job I had. I think that um, the, the takeaway I had, again, from just that little bit was, the batter, the the before you release it out into the world as the cake, um, is always going to have more potential. It's always going to taste better because you very don't likely. know what the the final outcome is going to be. That's very likely. I was really in love with the demo version of Obscurity before yeah. we recorded, and I actually got a little nervous at first that we were going to re-record this album in Canada, but. Um, there are songs where I think I got it more right on the demo than the version you've all heard. So interesting. Um, so the song spoke to me on that level as well. What is the, uh, just for, cause I'm not really sure I understand it completely. What is your writing process? I don't know that it's the, the right way or wrong way or most common way of doing changes things, but... all the time. Uh, there was a song you were, uh, you know, I was actually going to mention this. If, if you played this other song that you had queued up of mine. Um, so, but I'll say it now. It changes for each tune, but sometimes things can... For example, Terribly Popular was instrumentally written to be the second song on my album, Unicorns Get More Bacon. But I didn't quite have the lyrics that I wanted yet. Meanwhile, the lyrics that were on the song that was the second song for uh, Unicorns Get More Bacon, which was called Celebutons, was much the same 
subject matter. So I had to decide between groove and how to put across the subject matter. It's no accident that there's two track twos with the same subject matter. And things can be a little bit mirrored if you were to go through my discography and put things in the right order. And I'm honestly giving far too much away right now. But songs tell me when they're done. Ultimately, songs tell me when they're done. And the ones that I think no one's paying attention to are often the ones that change someone's life. Or at least they tell me that they did, and I have mm-hmm. to just believe that they're not lying. And it's very hard for me to do that because I have the imposter syndrome. We kicked off with everything cyclical. <laughs> well, speaking of cyclical, why don't we play a song? Yeah. we got to get up and out of here fairly soon. So this is a song. This is one of yours that you picked. Selma and Sabina Aga? I, that's how I think we're supposed to pronounce it. It's okay. their take on ABBA's Dancing Queen from the album uh, Sabina and Salma Aga sing the hits of ABBA in Hindi. In Hindi. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, there's so much joy in this recording that, well, I mean, first of all, who's unhappy to ever hear Dancing Queen? But secondly, they sound so excited to be singing Dancing <laughs> Queen that it's just infectious and it fills my heart right up. Perfect. So we're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by Besides Yourself. The CIA, the NSA, your internet service provider, hackers, fishers, credit card skimmers. Everywhere you turn, someone is trying to steal your identity, your financial information, and they are spying on you. You probably shouldn't go outside at all. Can Besides Yourself keep your identity safe? No chance. So why don't we give you someone else's identity? Fight fire with fire. In the basic version of our service, we give you an identity from another one of our customers. We switch identities every 60 days so no one really knows who you are. Need a security upgrade in your communications? Guess what? You're sending letters now. We reteach you how to write in cursive so no computer can scan your writing automatically. Order now and our technicians will install a phone booth near your home. If it was secure enough for the Sopranos, it's secure enough for you. Besides yourself, untraceable, untrackable, probably legal, open an account at toacertaindegree.com. Selma and Sabina Aga with Dancing Queen. I just got smile from ear to ear after hearing Right, that. like you can't be sad. If you're mad right now, I don't want to know you. All right, Period. Fair if, if anybody heard that and it, was and not still filled with is joy, mad. Yeah. I, I don't know that we can hang. Or we can choose some more songs to play for them. That could happen too. Yeah, yeah if you need that, go to markwiththec.com. Oh, I see what you've done. Oh. And listen to some of his music. Blah, and if blah, you're blah. still mad after that, I there's nothing that can be done. Listen to one of my records. If you have a good time, tell everybody that you had a you know you listened to the Mark with a C record. And uh, if you didn't have a good time, tell everybody it's the new Mountain Goats. Very nice. My name is Nick. Uh, if you haven't guessed already, my guest is Mark with a C. He is back. He was here back in, was it 2017 or 2016? I think it would have been 2017. 2017. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, right after his birthday concert, uh, had not slept in some time, came on the show. It was about 48 hours at that moment. Was yeah. a wonderful, wonderful sport to put up with my hijinks. And now he's back and we're talking about lyrics. We're talking about songs that we enjoy, like that last one. And so we only got a couple more left Mm -hmm. of lyrical um, notes. I'm not sure how to put it. 
uh, stuff that we wrote down. So I guess notes would be the right word. I think this one's your turn, isn't it? Yeah, it is my turn. So uh, I had to go to, uh, you know, there were so many people that I left out that I feel bad about. But a lot of them were ones that I think would have taken far more explanation. Uh, or I don't, it's, I guess embarrassing might be the right word in some cases because I'm like, for example, a big Lyle Lovett fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one of the best songwriters ever, but I get, you know, I, I think there's a certain uh, predisposed image of him, of who he is and what he does. And people sort of uh, look down on that. And so there was that. There was a couple of others along those lines that really meant a lot to me when I was younger, but uh, probably I wouldn't mention on the radio now. I am kind of going through something similar to that where I'm noticing that things that I held on to, you know, records I held on to, like, oh, this meant a lot to me. When I finally get around to playing, I'm like, wow, this is so not where I am now. And it means it doesn't just mean nothing to me. It angers me that it ever did. And uh, I, I won't name anybody by name, but I, I relate to what you're saying. I think with um, with books, I found that much earlier in life. And I stopped rereading books because I was like, I want that memory of how that book and what that book meant to me to be pure. So I don't want to spoil it by rereading it. Totally get it. And yeah. someone had just tweeted uh, the other day, like someone asked me, why are you watching reruns? And then that like broke their brain. Like, yeah, yeah. you're right. I have seen this. Why am I doing that? There's why so much that? out in the world. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it broke my brain a little bit. Like, why, why do I watch things a second time? <laughs> why do I listen to any? Why do I play songs a second time? That's it. You get to hear the song once while I'm writing it. That's, That's it. it. Song's over. Perfect. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay. David Byrne. Oh, yes. The Great Intoxication is Ooh, that's one from of like my looking to the eyeball, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, you know, there was something, it, it's very um, abstract, I think. But what he's asking in this question, uh, who rocks out? Who's spaced out? Who brings you? Who sings you? Who's still working on his masterpiece? And that last question is just there's something about this song that is it starts describing different types of musical genres, but it always ends up with that, that who's still working on his masterpiece. And what it always reminded me of is the creative process. You're in your house, you're in your office, you're wherever your creative space is, listening to your music, and you're still trying to perfect that one thing. You're still trying to finish that one piece that you know could be better. And... I don't. So uh, everything is that said about that, that perfect is the enemy of good and all those things says that don't worry about your masterpiece. Don't worry about being perfect. But every once in a while, I'll go back to this song and just play it and remind myself that sometimes you want to keep working on that piece. You want to keep going on it because eventually maybe it will turn into something and maybe it won't. But it's the effort. It's the it's the want, it's the desire to keep making it a little bit better. Yeah, the, that is almost like creating because you can't help but trying to improve. Yeah. Uh, recently, I, I went through something kind of similar. There's a, a song that didn't get released very early on in, in my career. I cannot repeat the title of it here, though the song has no offensive content. Um, I re- just re-recorded it because I thought it could be better. And then I listened to it and I went, that's fine, I guess. Maybe I'll try it a third time later. And... I I don't think that it there's anything wrong with any of the versions, just that it could be better. Mm-hmm. So I'll try it, and 
Who cares? Extra recording. But I don't think anybody gets to decide what their masterpiece is, nor do the audience, until they're long dead. It's so way that term later masterpiece. Yeah, is a posthumous Whatever you are title. remembered by yeah. long afterwards, because let's face it, there's a very popular religious figure who had about 33 years on Earth, but we only focus on one action. They did a lot of other inspiring stuff. Water to wine. So which, pick whichever one you want. Oh, oh okay, yeah. The masterpiece is ultimately left for the followers and people who enjoyed what they did to decide what they did best. Not us. If it's up to us, we are going to blow it at every chance. If you saw the draft of, say, what was going to go on a best of record when it was my choice versus what my fans picked, you would go, are you, have they ever heard you? And (laughs) Mark, have you ever listened to yourself? Uh, What I think is the best versus what other people think is the best, two completely different things. And that's just something I had to get used to early on. And now I love it. I love discovering what people think about what I'm doing. All right. Well, speaking of which, we're running out of time, so let's go ahead and talk about your last lyric. Sure. This is uh, from. This is an important one. Um, I saved the the most important one for last. Perfect. I was in a really awful place. Now, this song came out in around 1981, mid-1982. Uh, it's from Pete Townsend's album, All the Best Cowboys Have Chinese Eyes, which is an underrated just piece of perfection. But this song is called The Sea Refuses No River. Exactly what the title implies. You know, large body of water will absorb small body of water. Very simple. You can use it spiritually. You can use it sexually. You can apply it to whatever you'd like. But he makes it very, very specific in the last chorus, which is the sea refuses no river, whether starving or ill or strung on some pill. Just because you own the land, there's no unique hand plugs the dam. The sea refuses no river and the river is where I am. If I didn't hear that song that day in 2014, I wouldn't be here with you in 2018. There was something about that verse that day that told me my heart could be filled when I thought there was no room to fill it anymore, and it was just a broken uh, a broken bag of blood and glass in my chest. I thought mm. that was it. There was just nothing more to look forward to, and I heard that song, and I went, wait a second, I can be, I can be refilled. This cup is recyclable. I am I am a limited resource, but there's still resource. There's still room there. There's still uh, not only room for, what would you say, for love, but for growth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was, this will not be forever. And it was said to me, you know, via his song, of course, in, in the only way I could have understood it. No matter who was telling me everything was going to be okay or who was comforting me, something about this song got it through to me more than anybody I trusted. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that it because was? Because Pete Townsend's the greatest rock and roll writer in the history of rock and roll writers. But is it also because you write music? Is it because you're a musician? No, because songs are magical and we can't really explain this process. And the more we try, the more clinical. It's dancing about architecture. But there's something to notes, wor- words, marriage to tempos, that when it all hits just right for that one person, all the drama in between, all the label shenanigans, everything you had to go through to get someone to hear it, it saved a life. It was all worth it, and you'll never know. I just wish you were more passionate about this. I, I could get, I could stand to grow some passion, yeah. 
Mark with a C, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Mark with You're on the Facebook, the Instagram, the other things. Yes, all of there's links to all of that at the header bar at markwithac.com. There's cute little image maps that will take you wherever you want to go. Obscurity is your newest album, that's your newest correct. full album of new material. Would you say that's a good jumping on point for new listeners? Sure, why not? It starts a little bit slow, then it gets really fast, then it kind of gets mid-tempo, then track four. Ooh. All of that happens before track four. Yeah. Wow. All right, good. Yeah, I think it's a, I personally think it's the best record I've ever made. And uh, unless I'm shown much later on, I think it's the best record I'm personally capable of making. But we'll see what happens. All right. So that's available on the website. Uh, This will be up a little bit later on this week. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to listen to us chat again about lyrics. If you'd like to share some lyrics with us, we're both on Facebook. I'm always curious about more lyrics and introducing myself to more music, right? Especially through somebody else's eyes. Because I think that becomes a little more compelling and interesting and powerful than just coming across something uh, myself or just hearing, yeah, you should listen to this song. Why should I listen to that song? Would you like to know what my outtake lyric was? Because it was one line. Oh, yeah. It's from Dr. Octagon's Dr. Octagon Ecologist album, the song Earth People. He's going through all of his space age inventions And before he finishes the verse, he leaves a line blank. Because the line begins with, my 7XL is not yet invented, so he can't finish the line. And then there's a gap until the chorus starts. It's perfect. That's awesome. The absence of lyric made the lyric stronger. I learned so much from that. Okay, so you're just going to put a bunch of gaps in your upcoming songs. I learned that silence (gasps) in music was more important than what you hit sometimes. Mad Lib songs. I believe that's how Kim Deal writes lyrics. Who? Kim Deal from the Breeders and the Pixies. Oh, I absolutely yeah. believe her okay. lyrics are Mad Libs. Yeah, okay. That actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, you've been listening to Odd Numbers. Marketing News is coming up next. We're going to leave with one more Mark with a C song, as a matter of fact. This is Anything But Plain. This was the second song that I know of that someone got tattooed on their body. And I, I often don't know about these tattoos till later on when someone's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. And that is the coolest thing, that it meant so much to them. They didn't even think about telling the creator. That's so cool. This was a big fan, and they told me very quickly, I think, I think very quickly. But it meant so much to me because the song, it was one of those where I thought nobody was listening. I thought nobody would care. And next thing I know, somebody wanted to look at that on their body every day to remember that they are anything but plain. It's a Best compliment, and it beats any paycheck anybody could ever hand me. That's fantastic. Mark with a C, thank you so much. Let's shake hands on the radio because I think that this translates This is great well. radio. This is, wow. You have now a very I'm shaking two hands. Strong grip. Uh, my name is Nick. I'll be back next week, and uh, you can listen to us then, or me, because you won't be here. Uh, no, I'm, I'll be asleep. You're going to be asleep. Great. Uh, this is WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Thank you for having me, Nick. You're very welcome. Change cause she belongs to me, not you. 
girl just made popcorn and a glass of water too she's watching me write the songs that i'm singing now for you if you ever saw her change well you try to steal her away boys you always take for granted what your girls do every day when they change their clothes when they put on penny holes when they ask your opinion on the outfit that they chose you should not refrain take the time out to explain that she's beautiful and she's anything but anything but plain my girl likes this song and she's laying next to me but she's also barely dressed so i'm gonna wrap this up quickly i just love to watch her change i like to check out all her curves next time your girl is changing take the time to find the words when they change their clothes when they put on penny holes when they ask your opinion on the outfit that they chose you should not refrain take the time out to explain that she's beautiful and she's anything but anything but anything but Thank you so much for listening. That was Odd Numbers. Mark with a C. He's at markwithac.com. That's M-A-R-C-W-I-T-H-A-C.com. Sounds confusing. If you look it up, you'll find him. What did you think of the show? I'm talking to you, the person listening right now with the the hair. Mm, maybe? Any topics you would like to see covered, find me at toacertaindegree.com and let me know. Or find me at local markets like Deland Indie Flea, Grandma's Party Bazaar, or email me, nick at toacertaindegree.com. I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I need that validation. Probably shouldn't say that at the end of a podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>